You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 39 called 15 Presentation Project Ideas and the EdTech Tools that Support Them. In this episode, Geis and I bring student presentations into the 21st century. We review some of our favorite EdTech tools to aid your students as they build their presentations and as they share them with the class. More importantly, we explain 15 different project ideas that use these tools and bring your presentation projects to the next level. Check it out. Wow, episode number 39. I mean, it feels like yesterday we just started doing these uh, podcast episodes, and now all of a sudden we're approaching like half a century almost. I know, it's weird coming up on the the 40s means we're close to our 50th episode, which sounds impossible. Also sounds impossible that we're here in almost mid-August now. Some uh, students and teachers out there are getting ready to go back to school within the next couple weeks. We still have about a month to go until after Labor Day, but either way, it's the time of year when you kind of start thinking about, at least as a teacher, what am I going to do this year? How am I going to start the year? What projects am I going to keep the same? What projects am I going to change? And I think there's one type of project that touches all teachers in their classrooms in some way, and that is the idea of a student presentation. As a teacher, we've all incorporated these probably with varying success, but this episode is going to be geared towards that and kind of giving some teachers maybe some fresh takes, some fresh ideas on how to incorporate student presentations. And like we normally do, we're going to kick it off with a just sort of explaining maybe why you might want to actually do student presentations in your class, because there are some benefits. So let's get right into it. Uh, the first thing that we have to do is kind of define a presentation. A lot of times when, when you tell students that we're going to do presentations, they're thinking, oh, great, here comes another PowerPoint or a Google slide deck or something along those points. But we have to really look at the grand picture of a presentation. The The idea of a presentation is to express what you know. It's to give students the opportunity to show you that they know that content, that they understand just the general things that you need them to show proficiency in. And uh, presentations are that. Now, it could be like I mentioned before, the PowerPoint or the Google slide, but it's much more than that. And and we really need to start doing away with that whole negative connotation around presentations because they are now becoming the worksheets of the past. Where if, if a student was sitting in class and you said, we're going to do worksheet 1-4 today, they got very bored. So uh, that's something that we need to do a better job of, whether it's instead of saying presentation, we're going to say today we're going to do an interactive timeline. We can do that. But presentations are so much more than just a slide deck or a PowerPoint. Right. I mean, if you th- I, I think about you know, how hard is it to get your students to pay, listen and pay attention to you? That's tough, but they know they in some way kind of have to listen to you, the teacher. But it's way worse, you know, when the when a group of students get up in front of the room to present, you can see everybody's eyes gloss over almost immediately. So I think some of the stuff we have today will kind of help change that and shift that to maybe something a little more valuable. Uh, just some of the... Um, 
obvious and maybe less obvious benefits of doing student presentations. Of course, it's one of the best ways to get students to get good at and possibly learn to enjoy public speaking. I hated presentations in high school, but at some point through college, the weird switch happened where I sort of started to feel good at it. And when you start to feel good at it, you start to enjoy it. And now it's one of the things I look forward to most and obviously a really super valuable life skill. So that's definitely something we want to help our students out with. Yeah, I like how you pointed out life skill. I think uh, in the tech world that we're in right now, that we're losing a lot of that socialization and a lot of the speaking back and forth and conversation pieces. And these presentations are a good way to make sure that that's not lost completely through technology. There are a lot of things I love about technology, but the fact that our students are not able to communicate as well or get anxious while communicating is something that is concerning to a lot of people. So I think this is a great way to really teach them that life skill. For example, uh, if if they can do a presentation in the real world, they can also probably handle simple tasks. When you're at your real job, you have a list of tasks that you have to do. And being able to organize them in a way that shows your employer that you understand what you need to do for work. You know, that there's a lot of uh, relationships going on here between education and the real world. Yep. Not to mention just that simply getting up and doing a presentation is a big part of many, many careers. You already talked about this one, guys. And that's just that when you are the presenter, so this is really focused on the student or student doing the presentation. Extremely powerful learning happens there. That's kind of, of course, the main driving force behind student presentations. As teachers, we know better than anyone that you don't really understand a topic until you have to explain it to others. So we're trying to put our students in those shoes to have to explain something to the rest of the class. Um, And in developing that presentation, like I said, the the learning is extremely deep and and it really sticks with you, probably in a way that almost nothing else can replicate in a classroom environment. So that's kind of my favorite one. Speaking of classroom environment, you have a lot of classroom management going on while students provide uh, their presentation to the class. We need to learn how to respect. Uh, We have to continue that safe space in the classroom. And showing students at their most vulnerable place is a way to kind of break them down in order to support each other and respect each other. So that's another one. And lastly, I could attest to this. You know, when, when I was in high school, I didn't really like to speak in front of people. But I got so nervous and everything. Thing, but I remember having a feeling of accomplishment and it really it just bolstered my uh, my confidence. Uh, it improved my confidence after I got done because I feel like, you know what, that's like the kid that's scared of heights that went on the rock wall for the first time and made it the whole way up to the top. So I, I think that says something about presentations too. But let's get into segment two, which are presentation ideas and some of the ed tech tools that go with it right after this. You can follow Got Teched outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at We Got Teched. All right, let's get into some of the ed tech tools that are going to support our presentations. And when we say support our presentations, we're talking about PowerPoint, enhancing a PowerPoint to make it into something more than just a bunch of slides or the same thing with Google Slides. So a lot of our tools are going to enhance these two uh, tools, but some of them are standalone. And we'll point that out along the way. Nick, why don't you get us started with the the first ed tech tool? Yeah, sure. This is one of my favorite ones. It was really a, a game changer for me when I discovered it. And it's called Slides Carnival. 
Slides Carnival is a website. You can click the link in our show notes or just Google it yourself. Really, really amazing. If you've never checked it out before, you definitely do it just for yourself as a teacher in your own presentations. Um, but it's great for students too. What it has done is it, it's created a database or a collection, I guess, more of slide templates uh, for both PowerPoint. That's how it started. But now every one of their templates is also available in Google Slides. So when you click that link, you make a copy and now it's your own uh, Google Slide to use. They're all free. I know some of them kind of tie in with Canva, which is we'll get into that one later, but they just look so great. The main benefit of this is that the presentations your students create are going to look 1,000 times better because a lot of the stuff that the students generate, we know it's sort of built for speed. They just want to put all the information, not necessarily have it look good, or they throw pictures on there in like strange ways that don't really make sense, or the fonts don't match and the colors. We want to teach almost a professionalism in this uh, with their presentation skills, and Slides Carnival kind of does that for you, and and most importantly for them. Uh, All the templates they have are really professional, so the students feel like they're moving quickly, uh, which they want to do. Uh, because everything's done for them. But the final products you'll get are awesome because the colors match, the fonts are there. And it also just teaches them really good things about like, oh, so this is what a presentation should look like. So maybe one day, 10 years down the road, they're in the workplace doing a presentation. They kind of know that bar for professionalism is set high right from the beginning by you with the help of Slides Carnival. So this is one of my uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, a lot of these are great for me because as we mentioned so many times, I am not the most visually appealing artistic type person. So this gives you a template that allows you to make a product that looks better than something that I would have I would create from scratch on my own. So the next one is Prezi. And one of the things about Prezi that I like is the how fun and interactive their slide decks are or their presentations are. They're interactive. They move around. I remember one uh, was of the solar system and you would put your content on each picture of the planet. And as you switch from slide to slide, it would take you to a different planet. And these are all very creative ways of kind of engaging your class through visual, I guess, representation. Just a little aside for Prezi too, if you're doing screencasts, which I know we're not really talking about in this episode, but recording a screencast of a Prezi playing through is kind of just brings the resulting video from your screencast to the next level simply because of all the enhanced uh, motion. Like you said, the solar system thing would be so cool with your voice talking over and sort of information typed in there. Uh, The next one we've got is kind of a a new and exciting one. It's called Slido, S-L-I-D-O. This is really just an audience sort of interaction tool. It's one of the many ways that as a teacher you can bring in sort of like an interactive Q&A or different polling things during a presentation. Uh, I think some of the more common ones are like poll everywhere. So maybe if you've used that, you can check out Slido. It's very similar to that, but I it's enhanced with a lot more exciting features. It's a lot cleaner too. I mean, you go on there and it's, it's actually something that is well put together. And I mean, a lot of times with the, these poll softwares, it's not instantaneous. It's not quick, and or or the way that the data is displayed, it it's hard to read. This is a clean cut version of that. So I would say that this is probably one of those polling softwares that I would give an opportunity to first and foremost, just because of how clean, professional, and easy it is to use. The next one we've got, we're actually going to change it up a little bit because we've been talking to, and it's just in our travels and meeting and speaking with different people in the EdTech world, we found out about this really cool presentation service called VisMe. So we're going to actually turn it over to a clip from uh, one of their representatives. His name is Farzad Rashidi. I hope I pronounced your name right, Farzad. And he's going to tell us about 
buys me from right from the source of this company, which I think is a really, really exciting tool for student presentations. Hey, Gut Tech ED, this is Farzad from Vizme. Creating beautiful content for classrooms is always a catch-22. You don't have to spend hours dealing with professional design software like Adobe products or use outdated tools like PowerPoint to create content that, let's be honest, the end result is not the most engaging piece of content. Vizme is an all-in-one content creation platform that lets you create beautiful, interactive visual content, including presentations, infographics, timelines, charts and graphs, even banners, posters, flyers, anything you can imagine, all using one simple to use platform. Just pick a template you like in Vizme, customize the graphic to your needs using the easy drag and drop platform. And all you have to do next is to share the link with your students or colleagues, and they'll be able to view your content with no need to download. You of course have the option to download your content in various formats to present them offline if you choose to. We have over 3 million users from 100 countries all around the world. Close to half of them are people from educational institutions, including Harvard University, MIT, University of Manchester, South Dakota, and thousands of other high schools universities and school districts. And the best news is, Vizme is 100% free forever. No credit card required. So feel free to sign up for an account via Vizme.co. That's V as Victor, I as Indigo, S as Sam, M as Mother, E as Elephant, Vizme.co. Yeah, and I, I think with uh, Vizme, we also have to talk about Canva. And because they kind of lie in the same space, but Visme has so much more to offer. We're going to put something in the show notes. It's actually a blog that the CEO of Visme has written just to show you some comparatives, how Visme stacks up against Canva, what's different, what's, you know, alike, similar, all that good stuff. And you'll see that, you know, Visme takes data delivery to a whole new level. That is one of the biggest things as a teacher that I, I'm going to look at. So it is free. There's a free version. There's a paid version. You have to set up an account and check it out. You don't need a credit card to go in and try it out like most of the ed tech startups. They want you to put a credit card in file and let, after the expiration time, they automatically charge you for the next month. They're not about that. These guys... Uh, do a great job. Their product is amazing for infographics and all that. You heard it from Farzad. Um, it kind of speaks for itself. But I think, uh, you know, Canva has been all the craze, but I'm telling you, Visme is definitely right there with them as far as allowing you to make something very quickly to look professional, not take a whole bunch of time, and they have all the templates in the world. One of the things I really like about it is once you pay that price or if it's in the free version, it's there. You don't have to pay any more money, all right? Whatever you're getting, if it's the free version, you have the free images that go with it. You you don't need to pay a dollar or whatever for an image that you like. And there's millions of pictures and images and templates and all that good stuff in this program. If you follow any of our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Nick Got Tech, Guys Got Tech, and some of the promo stuff we put out there, and if you've ever thought, wow, those guys are really talented at building graphics for their show, we absolutely are not. It's all services like Canva historically, but I got to tell you, Visme has given Canva a run for its money because all those templates are built right in. And just imagine your students building stuff like that. This is the real world. People don't have time to sit down and create really engaging art from scratch. Also, very few can. Most people aren't trained graphic designers, but with services like this, you can generate really professional looking things. And we want to show our students that kind of right from the beginning. So Visme and Canva, both two really exciting tools. 
And I, I have to also throw this out there. How many times has a teacher said, oh, I don't have time to implement that. I don't have time to do that. Well, if we could use these types of ed tech tools, Canva, Vise Me, that type of stuff. If we can do that, then why wouldn't we take advantage of it? Because it's absolutely very minimal in the amount of time that you need to first learn it, but also to use it and implement it. So I feel like this is a win-win for everyone in education. So check out both of those tools. Check out Vise Me. Their infographics are next level as well. I have to throw that out there. All right, so our next one is Adobe Spark. And Adobe Spark is free. It came, it's been out for a while, but you could do web pages, you could do videos now, you could do infographics, those type of things. Uh, it's a great product. I I prefer Canva and VizeMe and some of those other, those other ed tech tools over it, but that's just me. I hear a lot of people really love Adobe Spark and the fact that they made it a free service is, you know, that's that's just great for education. Yeah, we're just trying to give everybody options. You may like Adobe Spark, you may like Canva or VizeMe or one of the other ones. Uh, and going along with that, one of my favorites is a thing called PictoChart. PictoChart, I actually use a couple times a year. Oddly enough, PictoChart mostly focuses on infographics. And I know a lot of the things we just went over will do infographics too. But I, for some reason, I just kind of like how PictoChart does it. And I can't even tell you why. I just like it. I like it so much that I actually used it to sort of re rethink and redo my course syllabus. I think a course syllabus is really super boring. Obviously, at the elementary grades, you don't really even bother. Um, but at the high school level, a lot of teachers, that's how they start their first day, right? Here's the syllabus. I redid it and turned my syllabus into an infographic. Just it's a little more up to date. It's a little more engaging. Kids still mostly don't care about what's in the syllabus, but at least if it looks nice, you might get some eyes on that thing. Uh, and PictoChart is, I don't know, it's just got some really, really great looking templates built in and it's it's just easy. I also have a, a project where the kids use it to create a graphic for themselves as part of some other thing. So if you're looking for infographics specifically, uh, check out PictoCharts, a really, really cool one. All right, so I'm gonna lump three kind of together and that's uh, genial.ly, that's uh, G-N-I-A-L.ly, ThingLink, which we talked about many times, and also Glogster. These are all three different ways that you can have students bring something to life. You can have them annotate a picture. You can have them add a sound file to a picture. You could have them add a video to the picture. There's a lot of, of, of similar uses out of these three different ed tech tools. So, I mean, we, we talk about thin, thing link all the time, but the Glogster and Genial.ly are both uh, very valuable ed tech tools as well. Two others that are kind of unrelated, but I'll lump them together as well. Just kind of under the theme of enhancing your typical presentation. One of those is called Emaze, E-M-A-Z-E. -E. Really quickly, Emaze, it basically just integrates with PowerPoint especially, and it makes the slides that your students or even yourself are generating anyways, just makes them way more engaging, way more interactive. There's beautiful backgrounds uh, that kind of just sort of bring these things to life. So instead of, I don't know, just randomly picking some horrible neon green and then throwing orange lettering in there. You can use emails to kind of build this thing out for you and get a more professional, great looking product, which is one of the things we've talked about a lot. Also, uh, unrelated to that is something called Powtoons. Now, Powtoons, I know a lot of, especially younger grade teachers already know about, but if you don't know about it, such a great thing. It's more for building videos, which we're sort of trying to stay away from here, but I think this particular type of video is especially powerful for a presentation tools just because the kids like them. 
they're funny. So maybe built in with the presentation, you require your students to do a Powtoons video. Basically, it's animated cartoons that your students uh, can narrate over. Then you get to download that or share that video out as a final product, which could be a really, really cool part of some larger final presentation uh, that your students do. All right. So I guess the only other piece of tech that we left off the list is a newsletter as a presentation. And I know our administration uses S'more. You could also make this and you could really use anything. You could use Google Drawings. You could use VizMeg. You could use Canva. Anything that you can throw links on there and throw images and stuff like that make it look good. So these are our ed tech tools for presentations. These are just there to support your students in the classroom. Pick out a couple of them that you are comfortable with or you think would offer them enough avenues to be creative and uh, give them a shot. So this is always my favorite part of the episode, and I hope it's everybody else's favorite part too, because it's where we actually get into the real project ideas. I know if I was listening to this, that would be the thing I was most interested in. Also, if you were listening to our uh, tech tool segment previously and you said, okay, great, how am I supposed to use any of these things? Now's the time where we kind of break down some of the things we thought of for student presentation projects. And a lot of these are going to try to go beyond just the normal slide presentations where you say, okay, Susie, you're going to do a presentation on, I don't know, atomic structure and she does it and she gets up and talks for five minutes and two out of 20 kids pay attention and it's over. We want to try and enhance that and go beyond your normal PowerPoint, Google, or maybe even Prezi to sort of bring these to the next level. All right. So let's get right into it. One of my favorites is a gallery walk. So if you have a whole class and say you're doing something where they get to choose their own topic, you could have them uh, each have a slide and they get to basically spruce up that slide however they want you can add like different uh, pieces that you need to incorporate in with the slide like they need to have a title they need to have a video they need to have uh, brief captions of every picture that's on there those types of things and once all the students are done they just simply if you're one-to-one -one, you could simply just open up your chromebooks and have the students walk around and view each other's projects. Great thing that you could do here is have a comment box up there for each one where if someone wants to add a comment to that person's slide, they could just hit the comment button and they could type it in. That way that student who did that slide has all different types of feedback. The second one that kind of goes with that is uh, when you come into the classroom, I used to have a question of the day or an activity of the day. I, there's several different terms for this. Uh, if I had a class of 24 students, what I would do at the door is I would hand them a random piece of paper that has a number one through 24. So say we're doing a review activity. Today is a review day and there are 24 main pieces of information that's going to be on that test. By handing them a number, you're assigning each one of those students one of those pieces of information. They go in, they sit down, there's already a presentation or a slide deck that is shared out with them that has the number and the question on it. And what they have to do in the next five minutes is to answer that question, provide a diagram or a graph or something else that goes with it. And then for the remainder of the class, you go over each slide as a class, whether it's the student presenting their work or maybe the teacher 
takes the lead and goes over everything. You could add stuff and, and it's just an ex- excellent uh, study aid if they have a test, you know, upcoming test or whatever. I love that idea. And just to back up a little bit, I really love the gallery walk style thing you introduced at the beginning there. Um, I think this is really great, especially if you know you have a class that's a little bit more hesitant to do the full class style presentation. I My AP students, we do this at the end of the year. I don't even use the word presentations. They simply make Make posters and you normally wouldn't think about a poster as a presentation tool but it totally can be um, especially when you just call it a gallery walk however you require that the students stand with their poster for a certain portion of time and a really interesting thing happens when you do that first of all they're not nervous because you haven't called it a presentation there's no expectation of oh my god I have to present now second thing that happens is they're standing at their poster because you've asked them to so guess what they start to do when a group of students comes by and starts to look at it they start talking about it and they start presenting and it's in a much more relaxed way and that's part of that confidence building I think we talked about earlier is getting them to see that if you know what you're talking about which you should have because you just built this poster or this blog or whatever else uh, whatever other sort of product you've put together you can talk about it and you can talk about it with confidence and that's where those presentation skills start to build in so I really really like that and then another one of my favorite ones we've called these a bunch of things uh, some people People call them choose your own endings. I like to call them clickable slides. Really what we're talking about here is a Google Slides presentation where you're not just clicking in a sort of a linear way from slide one, slide two, slide three. Um, instead, you have one slide that's sort of what I consider like the home slide. And within that, there's a bunch of images. These images can be shapes that you've added in just from the Google Slides shapes template. Could be other images that you've brought in from online and you click them. And because Google Slides allows you to link an image to a certain slide. So if I click the square uh, that's labeled nucleus, then that square has been linked to slide 20 and slide 20 talks about the nucleus. And then when you get to slide 20, there's like a little bit of a, a picture of a house, let's say, and it's labeled home. So you click the home button. It takes you back to that same home screen where you click the circle and the circle is labeled electrons and you click that. And when you click the electron circle, you've linked it to go to slide 15 and slide 15 tells you about electrons. This can be used a ton of different ways and if you want to see sort of more specifically how to do this you can follow me at Nick Got Tech on Instagram there's a brief video there that kind of really quickly walks you through how to do this linking it's so easy uh, you can just share this out to your students as like a way for them to access information or make it part of a presentation make it part of a student presentation where the class gets to choose what they learn about first or second um, or maybe like you said earlier guys where you assign a slide maybe you're not assigning a slide maybe you're assigning one of the links from your home page and then as the teacher you kind of facilitate which one gets clicked on and the students get to talk about it as you do that I think this offers some kind of unique ways for uh, to build into a student presentation yeah uh, another way that we can use presentations kind of in a different way is debating now I would personally I've, I've taught debating and bioethics for several years and one of the things when you just have a verbal debate one of the things that you miss out on is the power of an image or a, a graph, or an infographic, or some type of chart. And we mentioned 
all those different ed tech tools that allow you to make those those types of resources. But you should have some type of a slide deck for the pros and for the cons that when they're providing an argument or a rebuttal, that they have something that goes with it. They have a chart that said this is from uh, the New York Times that says blah, 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 blah about this topic. Or this is from the animal, the World Animal Foundation, and it shows this type of fact or this type of picture. And that's very powerful, and it allows to go. A normal picture would do just fine, but adding a statistic to it to make it an infographic takes that debate to the next level. And debating is by far one of my most favorite and the students' most favorite presentations because they're, they're learning about it, they become experts on it, they become confident on it, and then it's just talking. And they prefer that over writing a report or, or some type of influence paper. They'd rather debate about it because then it's taking what they believe in and that passion is coming into that project. Yeah, well, plus it's just a lot more engaging, right? If they know they're going to debate, it's a lot better than just sitting there and listening. And I'm going to throw out something that immediately people are going to roll their eyes at, but I don't think we should anymore. And, and that is, of course, uh, your standard pamphlet or brochure. And we've all done these and it can be very dry if you just tell your students make a pamphlet on blank and they do it and it gets put in a pile on your desk and they get a grade and it doesn't go anywhere. But I think a pamphlet or brochure can actually be a pretty powerful part of a presentation. This could be as simple as they have to present the pamphlet they've created, the brochure they've created in front of the class. But even that, I think, doesn't go far enough. Uh, so let's say they've built a pamphlet in PictoChart, or you've had them, or you've collected resources for a bunch of the different, I don't know, Google Slides, or Google Docs, or Google Drawings templates for pamphlets or brochures that your students can choose from and use. So they've built this pamphlet. What could you have them do to sort of take this presentation then to the next level? I think if you always think about how would this be used in the real world, then that's where a lot of the ideas come from. So what I like to do is turn it into almost like a challenge where students have to try to actually sell. And so you have to make sure this is with the right project, but actually sell whatever their pamphlet or brochure is about, because that's what a pamphlet or a brochure is really about in real life. So require them to do that. Make that part of the rubric. Maybe maybe you group it in such a way where three different student groups kind of go against each other or, or compete. And you can think about like a nicer way to do that so that it's not super competition heavy, but they compete where they all have to present their, you know, competing pamphlets or brochures for a similar product or a similar topic. And then the rest of the class picks which one they'd be most likely to buy. And you can do this anonymously so there's no awkward voting. Maybe they never even have to know who the winner is or, or something. You can kind of work out the kinks there. But I think using them that way and making the presentation more of a sales pitch, now you've made it different. Now you've made it something they haven't done before and that and that you haven't done before. And I think it's going to bring that engagement to the next level for your, uh, your pamphlet or your brochure. I really like how you added something to the pamphlet or the brochure that you added a challenge there. I think pamphlets in themselves are not as effective as other ways of pre presenting, but allowing them to be a key th marketing tool in selling something. I think that is a an essential skill that we need to really focus on as teachers. Let's move into our next one. And that is a newspaper. Now, I really like this one because I like to take a the front page of a newspaper and kind of put that on steroids a little bit and make it if you watched harry potter they have the, the newspaper there where the images kind of come alive well we can do that just go to google drawings change the the height and the length of the uh, template that you're working on 
which you could easily do through page setup. Then start with your formatting of the bold letters for your all your titles and all that good stuff. But when you come down to the pictures, instead of adding a, a stagnant picture, add a GIF file and they will allow you to do that in Google Drawings. And then when you go and you publish it as a PDF, the GIFs actually run, which is very, very cool. And I find this, uh, especially in the middle school levels, uh, we, we did a project on this last year. I worked with a teacher. Uh, they loved it. And they, they took Gladiator, the movie Gladiator, and Roman times, and, and they added GIFs to it. And it was just a, a, a very cool project. I, I love that one. They come out so neat at the end, and that Harry Potter tie-in is always great. This next one I'll do pretty quickly because we all sort of know how it works, but I think it's interesting to take it from a student presentation perspective, and that is, of course, a game show. Most of us have played the, the Jeopardy games or the Family Feud games, and if you want to, I mean, this doesn't take a whole lot of time because all you've got to do, you can do it right now as I say it pick up your phone, Google game templates for Google Slides or game templates for PowerPoint, and you'll find tons of different blogs and, and that list out all sorts of, I just saw who wants to be a millionaire one. It's all done for you. You don't have to put in any time. And if you're having your students run the game show, that's kind of where we're taking this, of course, for them. It doesn't take any time besides actually coming up with the questions and typing in the answers. The game show is a simple one. It's always fun. It's always engaging. So check it out. But consider ways to have your students orchestrate and facilitate that instead. All right, so the next one is interactive maps or timelines. And, and ThingLink does a great job with this. Uh, Genial.ly does a great job with this. Uh, a lot of the EdTech tools that we mentioned can do a great job with this, but those are the two that I would kind of recommend just because I've used those. I've had a lot of experience with them and they do a great job. Uh, the next one is infographics. I'll just throw this one out there because we have a lot of EdTech tools that specifically focus on infographics, Canva, uh, ViseMe, or just the, the two main players there. Uh, so I, I don't think we need to elaborate on that. You could just use them for debates. For In your science classes, you could use them during your lab report parts where they can use infographics to show what data they found during the lab. You could do, use infographics to kind of show statistics on, on war parts propaganda during World War One, World War Two. how much money was uh, spent on the war, how many people went to war, how the draft work, those types of things. The pamphlet or brochure idea I mentioned earlier, that could all be infographic based too. It kind of fits in with like a bunch of different ones and maybe a different spin on that is, I, I guess we could call this like a, a newscast. And I like this because especially if you use something like Flipgrid, maybe it helps again to take that sort of direct, oh my gosh, I'm talking to 25 different people right now and it's some of those nerves out of it. Although we do want to practice that skill. This might be a nice way to build to that is assign your students a different topic and they have to present that topic in the form of a news report, but you can have them film themselves with their phones and post that film to a Flipgrid board uh, so that all their presentations, and I'm air quoting that because they're not directly speaking in front of the group, are there on that board. You could then as the teacher uh, play those in front of, you know, in front of the class or just have students spending some time viewing and commenting on those things. Uh, but I think a newscast is another creative way to uh, get your students presenting and talking about a topic. I love how you 
he actually did air quote that. So oh, yeah. in real life, in I know, real life, he air quoted <laughs> that, and he was like air quoting it for like fifteen seconds throughout that whole statement. He had air quotes going up. It kind of looked like he was trying to give himself like two sets of bunny ears. I'm glad you shared that because that was an important part of my speech there. It was. It was. Uh, the next one's ebooks. Uh, same thing. Go into Google Drawings, make your template. Go into Google Slides, make your template. Keep using that template publish it as a PDF. When you go to file, you could go uh, export as and publish as a PDF and that will make a pretty neat ebook. And this is something that the whole class can work on together. If you separate the topics out, they have to pick the topics. Maybe you're using the ebook as a review source for their midterm review, quarterly, final, whatever it is, AP exam. Uh, you could give them each a topic. They write about it. They put it in a ebook. And the cool thing is, is you can share that with your students the next year. Say you have a student that's absent for a while and you know when he comes back, he's going to have to take a test. Well, if you have an ebook on every unit, you could share that out and that could help them in years to come. So I think there's some value in the ebook. I love how a lot of these tie in, like bringing the whole class together to build one product. And this next one is kind of similar to something that always gets a thumbs down for me immediately is if someone starts talking about a newsletter project, kind of like a pamphlet, boring. We've done it a thousand times. However, make it a student-built, class-wide, recurring newsletter that's presented on a regular basis. Now you've got something with buy-in, something that lasts, something that seems important. Here's the pitch for this. I think you guys are going to like it. Uh, there's a teacher at our, that I work with here who does uh, every day, every single class period, starts with a student presentation. There's this unique uh, thing. It's like a history of chemistry website where it's every single day of the year you can click on the date and it tells you like what happened in science. I think it's yeah, science generally, like in science on this date. But rather Rather than the teacher doing this herself, she calls on a student randomly, pulls a popsicle out of a jar. That student comes up, clicks and reads about that and talks about it to the class. It takes five minutes. It's just kind of like a nice intro. Take that to a different place where probably not every day, but maybe let's say once every two weeks, a different student or a different group of students has to build a newsletter that's a recurring sort of a themed thing for whatever topic or whatever grade level you're at. And then maybe that's how you start off every other Friday where that student group gets up and presents or shows their version of this class newsletter. And you can take that any direction you want. And with a bunch of the EdTech tools we mentioned, like Visme and Canva can be used to build newsletters. Any of the G Suite apps. S'more, we mentioned at the very end. S'more is a website that's built for just that, literally only doing a recurring newsletter series. So you can sort of tie in any of those and make this uh, seemingly uh, mundane project part of sort of a more exciting uh, classroom routine. So a lot of these uh, projects, we're just talking about how we could take them a step further and make them a little bit more interactive, bring a spark to a project. Uh, the next one is a public service announcement. And usually this is recorded, but what if you wanted to just do them live? I had a teacher last year that reserved the media center and they had basically two minutes to talk about their topic. And most of them were trying to convince you uh, or make you aware of something. So these students, what they did is they had a poster there and they, they talked about their topic for two minutes and it was done. And then at the end, they voted on who had the best presentation. I was like, why don't you just 
put an infographic or a series of infographics that play in the background while this person is doing this public service announcement. I think that would be more powerful. So the second half of the year, instead of he did that the first half of the year, the second half of the year, we did the same project, but we did infographics in the background and different pictures and graphs and stuff as the person was talking talking now i will tell you this the what the person was talking about didn't have to match up in the back they're getting two doses they're getting the verbal facts and they're also getting the pictures in the back so it really engaged students a lot more some people focused on what the person was saying some people focused only on the pictures some people were able to multitask but it was very cool public service announcements you could tie in pictures, you could tie in infographics, sounds, and things like that. If you want to record it so that could be played many times, that's great. If not, it's still very powerful and it's practicing, it's getting students to practice presentation skills. I'm going to steal an idea to build off that from a, one of our former guests, Rich Smith. How about while your students are doing their public service announcement, you have a social media element where they uh, share, where you actually broadcast their live presentations on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, YouTube live whatever your school has set up bring in the broadcasting students kind of do a collaboration to bring that to a whole nother level and i think you could have something really powerful there and then our very last idea of course is a scrapbook a scrapbook not for everybody but i think if you make it on the tech side you get interest from most students, if not all. We've talked about HyperDocs before where you have a Google Doc with clickable links along the way for students to learn from. Make that part of the student presentation where uh, they bring in some sort of a Google thing, maybe a doc, maybe a slide, uh, but there's their scrapbook and it's designed and set up and you can provide templates for this, but their presentation is conducted scrapbook style where things are clickable and they take you different places. And I think that'll be a really cool way to round out our, our list of student presentation project ideas. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geis and I individually at Geis Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.